This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are starting the book of Exodus. It is the second book of the Bible. It is the second book written by the by Moses, and it is the second book of what is known as the Pentateuch, and it is the five books of the uh, that start the Bible, and those five books were all written by Moses, and it is a continuation of the story of God's plan through the people known as the Jews or known as Israel because of Jacob's promise and the promise that was passed down from his father, Abraham and Isaac. And so as Abraham passed it to Isaac, to Jacob and Jacob to Israel, Exodus is the story of God's dealing with those people. And that is important to understand because as you're studying through the Bible, you're going to see that this story that's based in the book of Exodus, this story of God delivering his people out of Egypt, as you study through the Old Testament and the New Testament, this story is going to be alluded to more than any other story in Scripture. It is the preeminent, overarching story that that the Bible is based on. It is a picture of God's redemption of his people and the way it it carries out and all the aspects of it. Everything that takes place is a, it's a story for us. It tells us who we are and it tells us how God operates with us. And it gives us, it gives us insights into, uh, how we're to live as believers, and it gives us understandings of all the overarching theologies, and uh, and it allows us to come up with come up with understandings of how salvation works, and how God's justification works, and how sanctification and glorification it it brings about all those things. It brings about understanding the spirit filled Christian life. Can't the number of things that I could explain to you this morning about about the book of Exodus and how that operates in our lives and in the Bible and how it explains it. I'm going to spend a long time going through Exodus and each day it will be filled with insights into how to live the Christian life. It gives us so many doctrines are based off of understandings that we gain from this story. It is our schoolmaster. It's the one who it's the story that teaches us everything that is fulfilled and carried out in the person of Jesus Christ. And when you're looking at this story, uh, you're going to see characters that are of great importance, and you're going to see events that give you just unbelievable insights into how God is at work in your own life. And like I said, obviously, you can tell I'm excited about it. I love the book of Exodus. And I love the story of God delivering his children out of Egypt. 
that is the that is the picture of Christ delivering his people out of this world of sin and darkness and this life of pain and despair. And why wouldn't I love the book of Exodus? And why shouldn't we study it? Because, wow, it is it's what, what God wants to do in each and every one of our lives. It says in verse 1 of chapter 1, now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, and all those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Jacob was in Egypt already. Now, what he's saying is that for Joseph was in Egypt already. What that means is the number of people that came up, came down from Canaan into Egypt were 70, and then Joseph and his family were all already there. Now, you go, well, <clears throat> that was uninspiring because all, he, all you gave me was a list of names. But you need to get this because the book of Exodus is about God's redemption. And God's redemption is not a general redemption. God's redemption is a specific redemption. God's redemption is individual. It is purposeful. God knows who you are. God, God is not just a God who sits on a throne as the creator of the universe. He didn't spin the universe into existence and then is watching to see what happens. He's intimately involved in his creation. His creation is a representation of his character. It, it, he is a good God, and his goodness is spelled out in how he deals with us and how he deals with this world. And understanding that God is personal in every possible way is how the book of Exodus starts out. He says, these are the people. I'm going to give you their names. I'm going to give you names of each one of these tribes. I'm going to tell you that I know every one of them. And he even makes sure that he says, and by the way, Joseph was already in Egypt. And why was he in Egypt? Because I took him there. In fact, Joseph says that at the end of the last chapter in Genesis. He said, what you meant for evil, meaning what his brothers meant for evil against him, God meant for good. And God meant for the purpose of delivering them out of, out of a famine that was surely going to kill them all. God is actively at work in individuals' lives. God actively know, knows who you are. He, he says, Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me and they hear my voice. He says, I know, God says, I know the numbers of hairs that are on your head. He says, I know you, and, and he seeks us out individually. And when I say he knows us, he doesn't know us just as um, people or human beings. He knows the individual intricacies of who we are, the aspects of our character and our nature that are different from others. He knows our experiences. He knows our struggles. He knows the depths of the things that we go through, and he's mindful of those things. Those things do make a difference in how he looks at us and how he sees us. He makes sure when he begins this great story of deliverance, he makes sure that he tells you, I know your name. I know who you are. I know what's going on here, and I know how things work out, and I know what I'm going to do with you. He says, all those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Joseph was already in Egypt. Verse 6 says, And Joseph died, all his brothers, and all that generation. 
notice that the people that were in Egypt, all those people, they all passed away. And that begins the story that we're going, that is timeless and is tied into time. He says here, that generation passes away. Now, understanding that God is not only the God of the individual, God not only knows each person's name, understanding that is important, but you need to also understand as we begin this book that God is a generational and a timeless God. He's at work throughout time and throughout history. He's active preparing and planning and working out his will for you far before you ever come on the scene, far before you're ever known by anyone else. God has known you time past, and he has prepared a way for you. He's prepared life for you. He's prepared the times and the seasons you you live in. He's prepared a opportunity for you to glorify him. It's not just that all of a sudden you pop on the scene and God's got to be actively at work ordering things for you. God's constantly and consistently ordering things for you all the time. He's constantly and consistently preparing life uh, from time past for you. And when he says, but the children, it's when he says all these people died, all the children of Israel died, what he's saying is his sons are going to pass away. That generation's gone. And generations, as you get older, you realize that when they say you're over the hill, you realize that getting meaning, getting over the hill means that life picks up faster and faster because going up the hill is oftentimes a strain and a struggle. But coming down the hill, sometimes you can't slow it down. And <clears throat> generations come and go. But the question is, is, what do you do in the times and the seasons and the life you live in? And how do we understand God's ways and will? And then how do we apply them to how we live so that we might glorify him properly? We need to understand that our generation, who we are, the people that we are walking with God with, that will be gone off the scene in not too distant a future. I, I got to celebrate my 50th birthday last week. That means that generally speaking, as a man in this country is, I'm two thirds of the way through. That means that I got one more third of my life to live and I need to live it really, really well. I need to live it in such a way that makes a difference in the people's lives that I'm around and the people that I deal with on an individual basis. I need to live it in such a way that life is that life makes a difference in in the people's lives that come after me and that it glorifies God. Notice it says but the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly. I want you to hear this that even though we're in the world and remember Egypt is a picture of the world even though we're in the world God is going to God's going to bring about his abundance. Sure this world is trouble. Sure the world that we live in is the valley of the shadow of death. But that does not mean that we can't be fruitful and that we can't increase abundantly. I'm going to tell you we can. Now, God wants us to eventually get to the spirit-filled life. He wants to get, eventually get us to the place where we walk by faith and not by sight. And that picture is the promised land. But even in the world that we live in, God's wanting to bring about his abundance to us. And that's what happened there. The children of Israel, they did. They were fruitful and they increased abundantly. Why? because the hand of God was on them. The hand of God was at work preparing them for when they would leave and eventually get to the promised land. And let me tell you something. A lot of people oftentimes assume that the abundance of their life 
is based off of them. And it takes a long time for them to realize that the abundance of their life is a provision by God for them and that it's a blessing for by God. A lot of times we that grow up in the church, and I'm speaking of people that are young and and they grow up in, in a Bible-believing church and they learn and they walk in it and then they get out in the world and they do they do succeed. They become, begin to become successful. They think that is the work of their hand, and they fail to recognize that God's always been working in their lives from a long time ago. God's been working, and they begin to take pride in their own possessions and their own, their own attainments and their own achievements. As they do that, God begins to pull his hand back and away from them because you need to realize that even in the midst of living in this world, God is giving us abundance. And there have been a lot of groups and a lot of Christian uh, groups and churches that have begun to, uh, and have done this for generations and hundreds of years, talk about pulling away from the world and being separate from the world and being, have nothing to do with the world. Sure, we're supposed to be different from the world. We're supposed to be uh, a light to the Gentiles. We're supposed to be a peculiar people, but we're also supposed to be a light and a peculiar people in the world. We're supposed to be actually a light to the world that we live in. We're supposed to actually be involved in what's going on around us. We're supposed to be engaged in the universe that God created for us. And uh, that means that we're not supposed to separate ourselves in such a way uh, that we make no difference to the people that are living around us. And uh, oftentimes those groups become so insular, in, inwardly focused, that they eventually collapse upon themselves because they're not bringing in God's fresh anointing, his fresh work in the world around them. And they're not making no difference in the world that they live in. And we need to be fruitful and increase abundantly in the world that we're in. We need to be actively making strides to uh, to see God's hand at work in the lives of the people around us. And that's to include that's to include even the lost, because the lost are drawn to God by the light that they see in us. He says, but the children of Israel were fruitful and increased in mul- uh, abundantly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. I think that's that's what God would like to see as far as we're concerned. He'd like to see us grow exceedingly and for the land to be filled with us and that and that those who are out there often and regularly come in contact with his plan and his purpose and his power and his anointing and his love and his grace and his mercy through his people who are regularly out there all the time. And let me tell you something, that makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference that we would do that. And oftentimes there was a, there was even this week, a lady who visited our church. And as we were talking uh, about her being there, it was such a joy to see her. She'd been invited by three or four different people. And somebody said, well, invited her. And then so-and-so said, so before you know it, we realized that, boy, it was a team effort to get her come and to be a part of the church. And uh, wow. Now, I don't know that she'll stay. I don't know. I don't know the future, but I do know this, that she was awash and people who were uh, who took notice and uh, gave a little bit of grace, gave a little bit of love, reached out a hand of fellowship and said, we'd love to have you come and be a part of what we're doing. And uh, as we went through all that, I thought about how God God's ways are not our ways. And we never know what that little saying, that little uh, word of encouragement, that that little voice of acceptance and hope, we never know what that does to those who we 
deal with on a regular basis. We just, we never truly know what impact just a small word of encouragement has on someone who may have no encouragement at all. What a word of hope might do to someone who's lived for weeks and months hopeless. You never know what a little bit of acceptance and a little bit of love might do to a person who they poured out themselves into their children or their family, uh, but they're not getting a whole lot back and how that fills them up in a way that you're not filled. It would not be fulfilling for you to have just one of those little words because you've been around it a lot and your capacity for it is, has increased, but they're, they're thirsty in a dry and barren land and they need a little, uh, just a slight word of encouragement. And, uh, and we need to be a people that are all washed in the world that we're in. Wherever you are studying the, this Bible study, I would encourage you, you to be actively looking, actively working, actively being in the world. But you also need to be in a church that's doing that regularly too, where many people are out there encouraging, many people are out there pushing, many people are out there making themselves a part of the hope that God has for the world that we live in. The children of Israel were fruitful and they increased abundantly. And let me tell you something, they were a blessing to Egypt. Egypt grew in power and grew in might because of God's people. Egypt survived the famine because of God's people. Egypt was built in many ways because of God's people. Egypt Egypt would not have its name today if it weren't for God's people and God's work in there. And so understanding that we have a purpose and we have a role to play in the world that we live in is the story of the children of Israel also. He was to make them a bright and shining nation to the world. And, And we need to see that's what God has made us as individuals to those around us. And as you go today, as we begin the study of God's plan of deliverance of his people, you need to understand that you're in this world for a reason. God knows your name. God cares about you. God has foreordained your life. He's prepared your ways. And you have the opportunity by faith to trust him and to walk in those things and to be fruitful and to change the world that we live in. And we want to be active in doing that. And we want to see the hand of God at work around us. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Amen.